0: No purchase necessary for We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Blog Talk Radio. Fantasy
0: Sports and yes. Radio!
2: You, you wanna want talk
0: back? You in the right place! So take a step back before I get all up in your face
2: I know you got to live, you know I got mine But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the
3: phone line Your voice will be heard, sir Next caller, please And if I don't, don't concur, we can agree
2: to disagree We're talking politics the politics
1: Gentlemen, it's me, it's me, it's Mr. FSP. Do what I do because I do it for you all day, every day. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom. It's the realest G in the room. How you doing? Now check this out. It's Saturday. It's that much closer to NFL football and college football. There were some basketball moves that took place early this morning, late last night, but everything's going to be all right. You know why? Because I'm going to tell my co-host Jerry, sit down, be humble. (laughs) Sit down, uh, be humble. But that's my main man, JT Money. Sound like he's smacking on a bowl of Cheerios or something. What's going on, JT?
3: What's happening, man? How you feeling? How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling like a six-figure. Oh, that's boy.
3: what I'm feeling like really, really
1: that's really that's what I'm feeling like be it'd be I'm a lot like better if
3: you six. if you were actually on a mic versus what you're on now,
1: hey, look, first of all, you know why I'm not on a mic, you I
3: know, know why I'm, you're not on a mic why,
1: why why are you gonna put me out there like that? I'm not why putting you, putting you putting out, out there, there i'm
3: now. I'm just saying it's be you know you, you take little baby steps here, man. It's just like you know you you, you, uh, when, you uh, when you when you when you on uh, on the other side of the ocean. You had all kinds of issues: yawning, not showing up, um, hey, hey, hey. not being not hey, cutting hey, off, not, not being able to to carry a conversation because every other word was, um, not there. Now you get back Whatever. into state, into to this heartland, you, and you still you. got issues. I'm gonna call ladies you Mr. Issues, not not Victor. I'm gonna call you Issues.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you see what I gotta work with every day. Do you see why? Mike and Mike are breaking up.
0: This is what happens
1: when Mike and Mike broke up. You know, Golick over there just can't seem to handle it. You know, you know, Greenberg. That's me. Hey,
3: you, you, you know. know what? You, you know what Mike Singletary said, right? Oh no, no. You I, know what? You,
1: no, I no. need winners. <laughs> no,
3: no, no, no. Yeah, that and also, you know, what uh, um, Jack Nicholson said, right?
1: No. What does Jack Nicholson say?
3: You can't handle the truth.
1: Oh my goodness! At any rate, at any rate. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Mr. FSPDU, along unfortunately. with unfortunately, really, really, you throwing so shade? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Mr. FSP to you, along with the uh, the heroin addicted JT.
2: Oh, uh, what?
1: <laughs> what? What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Of all, things,
3: of all things to say, you had to go there?
2: Oh, God.
3: You are, you know, um, wow. A piece of work. Wow. Wow. A poor piece of work. Let me put it that way. A poor piece of work. How's that? Oh, wow. Wow. you started
2: throwing shades.
3: You started. Yeah, but 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 I didn't 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 throw throw I didn't throw uh, I didn't throw uh, needles like that, man. Come on,
1: wow! Pun on words, needles. (laughs) Yes, exactly. All right. Anyway, anyway, uh, we're here to entertain you as well as inform you.
3: I think we've been doing uh, that already.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, So it's time to get to the informing part. Um, Let me talk
3: then let me talk then.
1: You know what? You know what? <laughs>
2: See,
1: I think you done took your shot. You, 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 you got the needle and you got the wrist all chopped up. You. You're wow. acting like you're, you're,
2: you're,
1: you're on it. Okay. You're, you're, line you're,
3: you, left some, you left you left yourself wide open when you said that. But go ahead. Good. I'm sorry, man. I, I don't mean, yes, I mean to interrupt you, but go ahead.
1: You are such a, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt you. Okay. So here's go the Go ahead,
3: deal. man. Yeah.
1: Here yeah. Um, before I jump into all over the the place, I wanna make this one point. This one point and then we're going straight to the NFL. Okay. Um well two points. Two points actually. Okay.
3: The first It's your show, thing, you can make as many points as you
1: like, man. As as I stated before, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are slated for a extremely uh good year this year, and one reason um that I forgot to mention Uh, and apparently was not uh, last week because the show went off air or lost audio, whatever. Calais Campbell is added to that Jacksonville Jaguar defense. Okay. Which already had a very solid front four. Now, you know what? Just because you're running the board, Calais Campbell Remember, I can four, mute you too. I know you can, which is that's why I said you're <laughs> on that stuff. So, but I don't mute. But I don't season, mute. You just boo and interrupt.
3: So you, no, see, so you, you know, mean, know why? You, let me before it, you go ahead. You you know why? Point. You know why I don't mute? Because I like people to to to, to, to keep on talking and make a fool out of themselves all by themselves. So go I right ahead, man. Right
1: now, I'm oh, hey. to.
3: <laughs> go right I, ahead, I, man. I, as,
1: Okay. So, uh Calais Campbell and that front seven are going to make the back four of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That much more potent. I know they're young in the secondary, but that front four and coupled with uh you can you know, the AFC pitch, South. and a couple uh couple with uh the rookies and free agents that they got it's going to be a very very good season
3: you can't stay away from the AFC, AFC South now you now, can't stay away from the now, AFC South
1: listen i just wanted to point that out that's all yeah I wanted but see see but, but tip, it, it it looks good on paper looks good it, on paper it looks good on paper and it will look good in a couple of months um uh, but but let's move forward to uh tonight tonight Manny Pacquiao defends his title, and uh, he's going to go to Australia for the first time. But the main thing here that I want to talk about, real quick, was what Freddie Roach said. Freddie Roach said that Pac dominant in this fight and win because, because he wants to fight Floyd Mayweather again.
3: That ain't happening. Said, That's not happening. Floyd. Come on, he be he said, realistic.
1: Be realistic. Oh, my goodness. And says that he needs this. So, with that being said... um, You said he needs it? Is that what you're telling me? That Freddie Roach said that he needs this. And he needs to look dominant in defending his title to get a shot back at Floyd.
3: That ain't happening.
1: Now, um, well, let me finish. So, Freddie Roach believes that, uh, I think 36, 37-year-old Pac, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even 38, um, has one more shot at Floyd. Most people, and I'm one of them, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, but most people (laughs) believe that Floyd is going to totally outclass, outbox, and just destroy and pick apart Conor McGregor.
2: Duh.
1: Duh. I, I believe that he might be able to do that, um, but he should—he should knock McGregor out. He should knock him out just to prove a point. You know, doesn't make a difference. Rounds, not,
3: doesn't, ten, doesn't make a not
2: difference. Can, not to
1: go ten rounds with a mixed martial artist, and to me, again, that shows. Uh, disrespect to other boxers
2: oh, God. that have gone rounds.
1: Oh God! You know, anyway, any
3: way, any way you can possibly go, book. any route you want to go. You know that that's just like, um, and, and I'll make this analogy. Maybe it's a poor analogy, but I'll, I'll put it like this: Our friend Mac is a diehard in in quotation marks independent, but we know better. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But um. No, any, if it's if, if 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 the political party starts with a D, he's totally against it. Even if they got a better plan, he's totally against it. Okay. Um. So Matt. So no matter what a Democrat has to say, Max going to disagree with it. Find, spin it so it's a, 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 it's on a negative light. And, and the analogy I'm putting is that no matter which way Floyd Mayweather uh, wins. You're going to put a negative light on it because how you feel about no. Floyd Mayweather. Yes, no. Vanessa, no. I mean, no. way, come on. Listen. Come on, Victor.
1: Would, listen, come on, Victor. I'm telling you, the only way I would put a, a negative connotation on a Floyd Mayweather victory over Conor McGregor is if he takes him 10 rounds.
2: Why? Now, Why? He Why? Listen, Why?
1: Because, wait, a
3: minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, wait wait a minute. Told, you. Co- I Conor, told you. Conor, 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 Conor McGregor is is a um, world class athlete just like um, uh, um, Floyd Mayweather? Two different no,
2: sports.
3: Not
1: like Floyd wait a May- minute! Wait, wait a minute! Not like Floyd two, Mayweather.
3: Two, well, two two different sports, but they're world world class athletes, champions in their own right in their own sport, going against okay. each other. Now I, I understand that Floyd's unde- undefeated, Und- and, and Con- not Conor McGregor true. quite naturally is it. Especially in, and this is his first really venue into boxing. But there's nothing to say there's a guarantee that Floyd Mayweather is going to knock him out somewhere between the first and the last round of this fight, because Floyd, Floyd Floyd is a point getter. He's not a knock knockout artist. He's a he, he accumulates this. points. He accumulates understand points, this. and um so. If you knock them out or not it does shouldn't make a difference the 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 what you the, the mantra is, it the mantra is this in the words of um um the former jets coach you play to win the game listen. you don't play it just to play it you play to win the I, game I, I, listen, I
2: understand so that. regardless I understand of
3: how how it's done, you play it to win it. It don't make a difference how you how you play it. You ju- you just want to win. win. Yeah, exactly. Listen,
1: listen, I get that. I get that. The problem is this, Jerry. The 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 major problem with that is this. A point getter. Floyd has knocked people out in the past. Let's not let's not pretend like he doesn't have any KOs. It, it, it's been a long me? time. I, I, I it's you. been a long time. To, I, listen, it's listen, been a long listen. time. It doesn't matter. It does. Yes, not it does. Matter. Yes, it listen. does. Listen, he's got grown man strength now. Grown man strength versus that young pup strength. So that means he should be stronger, and he is. He is stronger, and he is bigger. So there, it should not matter. Now, the point of why you want to knock him out. The, 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 the point. It. Listen to why he should knock him out is because what Conor McGregor is, and you said it. A world-class, world-class athlete. However, Connor is not a boxer in any way, shape, or form. He's able to box. He's able to fight, yes. But the problem here is Floyd's getting the money grab. So is Connor. We got it. And if you're going to put on a show, put on a show. Mike Tyson said, you know what, I'm going to go in there. Make my money as quick as possible different gap. type
3: of fight different but type I, of fighter I, 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 that, altogether this, man listen, no, you can't even you that. can't even compare it. Is, that's apples and oranges but, you can't even go thing. there
1: i'm trying i'm trying to show you something i'm trying to show you something well, that, that's the wrong one to show if feel, me <laughs> if you be quiet and listen i know listening is a difficult part for a gemini
3: i'm uh, listening but, go ahead
1: but james Tony, james Tony, again world class athlete heavyweight champion, uh, light heavyweight champion as well. Thought he could go into mixed martial arts and take on their champion, Randy Couture, signed the contract, started training MMA for a couple months or whatever the case may be, got in there, tried to box with Couture. Couture took him down and finished him, made him quit, tapped him out. When you go into somebody else's realm, you don't, Let that person survive You make That person pay for coming Into your realm now When you have Floyd Mayweather who is the Profess and a lot of people think This the king of Boxing you don't let uh, Another king In his own right uh, Conor McGregor come into your kingdom And play around and start Getting support and because you know you know, especially in Vegas, the Irish are going to be there. If you've ever seen an MMA fight with Conor McGregor going in Brazil of all places, the Irish follow him. So and they fuel him. They fuel him with the chance. They fuel him with everything.
2: <laughs> so when you go oh, when you God. go
1: into that boxing ring Floyd Mayweather needs to do more than just silence Colin McGregor. He needs to silence the Irish. They're going to be rooting for Conor McGregor. So <laughs> in order
2: to
1: do that,
2: you're
3: funny. In order oh,
1: to do that, you're In order to do that, he's got to put this man on his back for the ten count. Now, if Floyd beats him up for ten rounds. And the rest decides to stop it, or Conor just looks totally jacked up. I might give him some credit. However,
2: oh, okay.
1: however, if if he goes ten rounds with Conor McGregor and leaves it to the judges and gives maybe one or two rounds or whatever it is to Conor. I'm not gonna have any respect for. Him. This needs to be. Oh
3: God! A, you know you don't have respect for him anyway, man. One so
1: hundred. This I, I, needs he to be one hundred to ninety. Yeah. This needs to be a one hundred to ninety type score. Okay. You know if it's ten rounds, okay. one hundred ninety, okay. or or, okay. or one hundred to eighty. Okay. It needs to be one hundred to eighty. Every let me know when I can speak. Me, I will. Let me. I will.
3: Let me know. Let me every know when round, I can speak.
1: Every round should be a ten-eight round for Floyd Mayweather if he's gonna go the full 10, because you don't let someone step into your arena and look any type of way other than below par, especially when they've been calling you out, especially when they've been saying this, that, and the third. I know Floyd's in there for the money. Everybody knows that. But regardless of how long the fight is, Floyd makes that money. So does McGregor. So finish your night in three rounds or so and and let everybody go home saying, well, I knew it. I didn't expect him to knock him out, but he did. That's the awe factor for people that want to buy this fight, seeing if Floyd will knock this guy out. Because otherwise, it's a mismatch of epic proportions. The, the, the fantasy is that he knocks McGregor out, or my ultimate fantasy is that McGregor wins this fight by hook or by crook, or anyway, by all means necessary. That, that's my ultimate
2: fantasy. But and that's and that's, that's obviously not
3: the point. and that's obviously showing your bias away from um uh toward towards Troy toward, toward Floyd, which is you know it's obvious it's it's obvious it's, oh it's because uh, you just listen to what you just said. Your ultimate fantasy oh, would, would be to Conor McGregor to win it. Come on, now you don't tell me that's an, op- op- an, an obvious bias toward Floyd Mayweather because of all the times you talked about Floyd Mayweather. On this on this show and and others, come on, Victor. But Jay, want, just admit. I've
1: already said. I've already said. I've already said that Floyd's going to win this fight. Floyd.
3: No, no. But but, but but you but but you premise it as being my ultimate fan fantasy. I mean that means your ultimate get off would be to get Floyd on um, on the losing end of this fight, because that's that's really what.
1: That that would make my day, but that's yeah, not my day. Yeah, I'm see, predicted.
3: obviously, there it is. There it is. There, 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 but uh, I'm obvious not bias, that. The obvious bias comes out, but that's okay.
2: I, that's all right. I, that's, not, that's all that's right. You know what this
3: reminds me of? I, can I can I get my chance to talk here? It, and 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 it, it's going to be relatively short. Uh, Go ahead. This this shows me. Um. This reminds me of two people, and once I name these two people, you'll know who I'm what I'm talking about. Samuel Jackson, and Jeff Goldblum.
1: No, I don't recall what you're talking about.
3: How about the movie called The Great White Hype? When the oh, Irish, boxer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, the Irish yeah. boxer was so hyped up by all the media uh, wanting to see the champion lose that they absolutely pumped the uh, uh, Irish boxer up all the Irish, just like you're saying, all the Irish come out and support him. This is the, this is the guy that's going to take this big bad um, champion that no one really likes, but has to deal with because he's so good. That's what what you're saying. That's exactly this type of scenario Yo, I hear you talking about. That, and that's
2: not what I said. And I, I, I know I that
3: I know that I know what you're saying. He he needs to um, knock him out, but I guarantee you, I guarantee you. Two things. Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather goes into the fight to win the fight, number one. Number two, if there's an opportunity and he can do it, he will knock him out.
0: And, uh, and, I'll, I, and I'll
3: add a third one here. But if there's not an opportunity to knock him out, he'll he'll humiliate him from round one until the last round, which just makes it so obvious that this guy shouldn't have been in the ring to, to, to really humiliate him and make him look that bad that he's totally outclassed from start to finish. Those are three different scenarios that uh, that Floyd's going to go into the fight. Win the fight is number one. Number two, opportunity to knock him out. I want to knock him out. Number three, well, if I can't knock him out, how about the ideal thing for me to do, me, me being Floyd, is to humiliate him for 10 rounds or 12 rounds, whatever it is, to make him look like you shouldn't have even been here in the first place. But I'm going to I'm going I'm gonna let you hang around for 12 rounds and make you look bad for 12 rounds because I want to show people how good I am and how bad this fight should have been, but I'm going home with my money. Thank you very much. And and tying Rocky Marciano in the, in the process. Okay. Um let's... And we have Jeff on the line too.
0: Hello Jeff, okay. how you doing? We, we, we... We can put Jeff hey, on. Uh, uh Did you mute what's me? What's up, guys? Now, the the movie that Jerry's talking about, I, I, uh, the Great White Hype. Um, I I think one of the jokes was the actor who they were calling. Hold, on, I'm gonna look this up. Um, it was Peter Berg, I think, is the name of the actor. Yes. And he yes. was the the white contender. And yep. they called him something like uh, you know Irish. Billy something, and, if, and at least twice he said, "I'm not Irish." Like he said, you know, to the side to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just goes to show you how that works in boxing. And uh, uh, that, that was uh, an interesting film. It it had its moments. Uh, that uh, he was probably based on more than one character. But I I, I was just mm-hmm. thinking of this. I don't know why. Damon Wayans was the champ. Yep. and he had uh, he really Nobody let himself him. go in between fights and it it, it reminded me of and I, I still don't get it to this day Buster Douglas who won the heavyweight <laughs> title but acted like he won the pick 6 yep you know and yep. uh the uh there was a sports writer in that movie who reminded me of a guy who wrote for one of the New York papers uh you know I that was the Jeff Goldblum character um mm-hmm. But you know it, it. You know the whole thing about. Uh, you know, it's, I, I swear I'm not joking. I'm a quarter Irish on my mom's side. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Irish mm-hmm. Jew. There's not a lot okay. of us. Okay. Um, cause, uh, but you know, uh, surprisingly, you know, in uh, more so Northern Ireland, they're known for a lot of religious conflict, but they're 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 tolerant. They have a history of tolerance to Jewish people. I guess when you're a very small group. You don't get as much hatred if you're very small, you know. Um, and the city of Dublin has elected uh, two Jewish mayors. So that that really? makes a lot for those people. Yeah, I didn't know that, yeah. really. Uh, uh, Briscoe. Uh, ben and Bob Briscoe, a uh, father and son, both served. Both were elected wow. as mayor of uh, Dublin. Yeah,
3: Did Who not know known? that.
0: Yeah. Gentlemen. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, to me, this this whole... McGregor Mayweather thing uh, M&M whatever you want to call it uh it 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 reeks it it, it, it it's a funk I agree I agree you know, I mean I used to watch a lot of boxing I I kind of lost interest in that sport I I try to like MMA it doesn't do it for me you know um, well, Thank you Jeff you know uh you know when I was a kid everybody kept saying cuz at that point you know, in the 80s, everybody was saying, oh, boxing's going to fade away. And I think some people thought maybe, you know, what, what I call wrestling, professional wrestling, would take its place, which did not happen. Maybe they took a little bit away, but it was MMA, which has taken a, a a big piece of the action away from boxing. But I, I, MMA doesn't throw me. You know, say what you want about wrestling. At least when you pay for a wrestling pay-per-view, they give you a good show. Yeah, it's a show, but it's good. It's not some... Uh, you know, sixty second joke, and you know, the, just <laughs> logically, the the, the 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 idea, even if you remove the names from it, you know, when, if you put a boxing champion against an MMA champion, uh, i it, 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 it's you know, what's the analogy? It's like a swimmer against a sprinter, you know, yep. and mm-hmm. I, at most, it's an exhibition, and believe me, if you're gonna, but like like okay, and and this is somewhat similar. When I was a kid, and believe me, all the kids are talking about it, Muhammad Ali had an exhibition against a Japanese wrestling champion, professional wrestling champion, Antonio Inoki.
1: Inoki.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And and supposedly that was the inspiration for in Rocky Three when Rocky had the inspiration against uh, the mm-hmm. exhibition against Thunderlips played by Hulk Hogan.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, the fans at... Uh, uh, it was. I think uh, the, the the match took place in Japan. They were very unhappy because uh, you know they came up with these hybrid rules. So basically, uh, something like Inoki can only kick if he's on his back. So he's he's like running around on his back, sitting down in the ring. Ali's running from him, and he's just kicking Ali. That was basically the whole thing. It was pretty weak. If you were gonna have this as I mean, just just the fact that it's a boxing match. I used to eat lunch at, at work with a, years ago with a guy who uh, had been taking, um, I think it was Korean karate for many years. And, and somebody once said to him, hey, you should try boxing. You know, uh, white boxers have it real easy. Somebody said something like that to him. And he said, you know, I've been doing this karate for so long, it'd be almost impossible to switch, you know from, you know, I guess punch-kick combinations to just punch combinations, et cetera, et cetera. And that sounds very, very accurate to me. Um, I mean, if you were going to have this as a fair fight, you would need some type of hybrid rules. You know what I mean? Allow some kicks or something, something to that effect. But, you know, if it's total boxing rules, you know McGregor doesn't have a chance and you know i mean uh mayweather you know yeah he's great at boxing but he's even better at making a buck and this is a joke that people are going to pay for this nonsense believe me if it's on tv i'd watch it but it's one of those things even if you have the money it's still money you, you know you, you don't want to be ripped off you don't want to be robbed you know um you don't want to in- encourage uh deception and thievery here you know or but i wouldn't say thief but it is somewhat deceiving this is a farce i i mean this is uh slightly better than uh 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 chuck webber fighting a bear you know i mean come mm-hmm. on it's just a little more politically correct um I-, I just i i i don't get it i i it it's and it's barely—it's not—it's barely worth the discussion.
1: Really, real quick, uh, Jerry, um, I'm gonna call right back. I gotta take care of something.
0: Um, but y'all continue to talk about
1: this uh, for a few minutes. Set the show for an hour and a half, so we can get into the um, into the different teams. But I'll be right back in like five or ten minutes. I gotta hang up and do something else.
2: Okay.
3: Thanks. All right. Thanks, Victor.
1: God.
3: Um, so,
0: yeah, you know,
3: yeah, uh, well, yeah uh, you're you're absolutely right, Jeff. <clears throat> and it, it, I, I I had mentioned to someone else um, about a, about a week ago, and for whatever reason, it came up uh, that uh, I'm not going to even 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 think about this other than just what came up today uh, about this fight because I, I considered a huge joke, um, and that they would actually um put this out as a in quotation marks a legit fight that someone from a different sport altogether that really doesn't <clears throat> even even though he does have a little bit of boxing in it it's not like he's that that's his dominant um part of the sport that he's in in MMA um going up against a undefeated world champion that probably the best boxer pound for pound um in, in, right now, uh, even though he's retired, um, and uh, and and call it a legit fight and make it a pay-per-view fight, and 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 people are going to actually fall for the okie doke and pay for this fight to watch it. I mean, I, I made the uh, uh, comment I think last week. Or to someone, I forget who I made it. I, I made it in a, in a chat room, um, couple couple weeks ago. There's a sucker born every minute. If you if you make a make a product, a, a widget, say it so to speak, that um, seems like it makes a a, a a lot of sense, but it's just a, a a bunch of garbage. Like a lot of things you see advertised on TV, people will buy it. And and regardless of uh, if it works or not, it, it gets bought and the buyer gets suckered into something that if they had thought about it, instead of just, just buying it and saying, oh, that sounds like a good idea, like this fight, then they, they, they would realize, I'm not going to pay for this. This is garbage. Why would I even think about a MMA fighter? Or the fact is that they want to see... Uh, another opportunity uh, of an unpopular fighter in, in a lot of people's circles of uh, Floyd Mayweather getting beat, so they want to be, be able to say they watched it and saw that Conor McGregor beat, beat Floyd Mayweather, uh, and now <clears throat> Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather, according to uh, some people, can go away because now he's he's not no longer undefeated. He's forty nine and one instead of fifty and zero. What's your thoughts, Jeff?
0: You know, I, I just I, I agree with what you said. I mean, it's it, it, it's a farce. I, I mean, uh, and you know what? I think this might attract some some casual fans. And believe me, I think a lot of these casual fans will be disappointed, similar to the Mayweather-Pacquiao bout, because you know some folks think it's going to be like a Rocky movie where they come out and they're just throwing punches like crazy the whole fight, and believe me, Mm -hmm. that's not a Mayweather fight, you know? Right, Um, exactly. This could be a boring farce. Uh, Exactly. I mean, Rocky movies are good, but the movies... Am I back on?
3: Yeah, you're back on, man. Fire away.
1: Okay. Jeff, I love you, Um, and I agree with you. That's why I think that uh, he needs to knock them out because you don't. Uh, it's a money grab. Got it. Both of them want money. But as I was telling Jerry, this needs to be over with quickly because just like when, when James Tony did the MMA fight with uh, Randy Couture, you know, Randy Couture didn't waste any time. He got in there, did his job, tapped them out, game over. James Tony done MMA whatever, no three rounds, no five rounds, just in there, finish it in the first round. Done and done. That's what needs to happen in this case, in my opinion. Now, will it? I don't know. But the bottom line is Floyd Mayweather should mock the floor with him. And for me, as a uh, combatives fan or a combat sports fan, if someone steps into my arena of sport and keeps calling me out, keeps saying they're going to do the 7th and the 3rd to me, I'm going to put him out. I'm going to put him out and silence it from the get-go. I'm not going to let him uh, uh, play around in there or whatever and think he can stand it with me because it's an insult to all those that have done so that are professional boxers. That is my thought process. That's all I wanted to say on that so we can move forward to football, um, which we're getting into. So, uh, if Jerry queues up my music, uh, the autumn wind, if you play, uh, you know, uh, the bull, we can get to football as we normally do. And he does it right about now.
3: Now. (laughs) Relax, man. My uh my screen froze up, so just 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 to keep on talking.
1: Oh oh oh, so so now we're talking about uh uh malfunctions with equipment. Is that what we are talking about? You're always talking about my microphone. Always talking yeah, about my microphone.
2: the microphone.
3: Well, the microphone is, is 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 on. Am I right? We're talking, right?
1: You can hear me, right? <laughs> so so I can't, that's I can't not can't the hear issue. The I can't hear the bull, which should be easy. Just hit it, play, and turn it up. All right. Well, he'll let me know when it's coming up. But today we're going to talk about the uh, AFC North. Now, uh, if you listen to Thursday's show, Jerry and I were talking about something that was very important, strength of schedule. And it looks like the AFC West, well, it doesn't look like The AFC West has the hardest strength of schedule, 1, 2, 3, and 4. Conversely, the AFC North has uh, one of the weaker ones. They have a 24, 29, 21, and let me get to the next team to tell you what their strength of schedule is. jeez, um, Steelers should be uh, pretty... High, I would think, but I guess they aren't. The
3: Steelers have one of the weaker schedules.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what, and and I'm I'm getting to that. Yeah, that's kinda, kind of kind uh, of hmm, that shouldn't be the case, but they have the tie for 27. Um, the weakest one in the division is the Browns with 29, um, which is interesting to me. The Browns actually, after looking at their roster, no, they have 21st. The Bengals have the 29th uh, of the schedule, which is surprising. But um, the Browns should be uh, vastly improved if they can figure out the quarterback situation. That good old Brock Osweiler from uh, the Texans, (laughs) well, we know how that worked out. And all the hype somebody gave him. But the Bulls should be playing right about now. No bulls? can I get lemonade? Can I get something? Got lemonade. All right, I got lemonade. I got lemonade. What's up with the bull, man? All right, here's the deal. We're going to start off with the Baltimore Ravens. The NFL team inside the field Keep asking questions, and to me, to me, Jerry and Jeff, the Ravens are going to be a pass-only team. I'll tell you why in a second. Which wide receiver benefits been the most or will emerge following Steve Smith in his retirement? The Ravens want to see what they had this year in 2015 first-round pick, Rashard Herring. He showed flashes last season in what was essentially his rookie year after missing all of 2015 with a knee injury. However, he struggled to make contested catches, and he has a, a ways to go with his route runs. With both Smith and Kamar Aiken gone, Perryman figures to get more snaps. Here's why I say the Ravens are gonna be primarily a task only team. Is Danny Woodhead the only Raven running back who will have any fantasy relevance this season? What's the plan for Kenneth Dixon? Or Kenneth Dixon on following um, yeah, Dixon following his four game suspension. I said last year that I'd avoid Ravens running backs, and I'd say the same this year. Terrence West will likely carry the load early. Woodhead is expected to be the third down back, and he'll also mix in on early downs. He should assume the Kyle uh, Joyziak uh, role in the passing game. Dixon seen Poison become the feature back last year, with him facing the four-game ban and then needing to knock off the rust once he comes back. I can't imagine he'll be a fantasy back until midseason. Dennis Piddle was a top-ten fantasy. Tight end last season after playing a total of seven games in 2013 and 15 combined. Can he be that again? I wouldn't bet on it. The Ravens tight end core was hit hard by injuries and suspensions last season, with Benjamin Watson missing the whole year, Max Williams and Crockett Gilmore missing a significant part of it, and both Nick Boyle and Dan Waller serving suspensions. All of them are back, which should coming to pivot target the Ravens also want Joe Flacco taking more shots down the field. Now, last year's stats aren't that bad, but they ran the ball with their main backs, that is, a total of 291 times. 193 for West, 88 for Dixon. The addition of Danny Woodhead tells me. If I'm paying Danny Wood that much money, and I don't have that confidence in Terrence West, who lost the job to Dixon last year, and Dixon's on a four-game suspension at the beginning of the year, Flacco is going down the field, coupled with the fact that they want him to go downfield more. Mike Wallace is a speed burner, so you know he's got nines. So is Bernard uh, Perry, I mean Brashard uh, Perry. One of them is going to have to start doing some underneath routes. Uh, Chris Moore and Michael uh, Campano, Campanaro uh, are the other wide receivers. Ben Watson comes in with Dennis Pitt as the starting tight end. Um, the best fantasy value on this team for me would be Justin Tucker. Um, I'm not even looking at their defense. Now, they drafted defense is heavy. They only got two offensive players uh, this year, but the first pick was cornerback six-foot uh, Martin Humphrey out of Alabama, followed that with outside linebacker Tyus Bowser out of Houston, who's a very talented uh, backer. Um, then they went Chris Wormley at DN out of Michigan, another good player. Not a, a beast, but a very good player. Um, listen, these teams are, or this team has the 24th-ranked strength of schedule, okay? Um, I still don't think they're good enough. Uh, to make the playoffs, even with the 24th, easiest schedule or hardest schedule, um, I, I'm not a big Flacco fan. Uh, without Ray Rice in that backfield, they struggle to have a dual threat back in one person. Um, the Ravens, to me, are they're they're, they're in a rebuilding stage. And they need to begin right now. This year will be a dismal one for them. I'll go down the schedule in a second. But let me get your thoughts on what I read, uh, JT and Jeff.
3: I've never been a big Ravens fan and or a uh, Joe Flacco fan. Um, I think their offense, in my opinion, has pretty been pretty dysfunctional. And I do agree with you that ever since they lost Ray Rice, they haven't really had an effective running game um, and relied on the pass and, for the most part, relied on the short passing game. Uh, That's why it was important for Dennis Pitta last year. I think he was probably the – I think he, if I'm not mistaken, if he wasn't first, he was second in in receptions uh, last year.
1: Um, yeah, for the team. He, yeah. Yes,
3: and he was first. Uh, he was first. He was first. Yeah, he I thought he was first, but I wasn't sure. I would just I, that's why I premised it about first or second because that's that's what Joe Flacco likes to do. Joe Flacco likes to throw to the uh, tight end. Um, uh, it, and the fact is that it's limited on his um his ability to accurately throw the ball downfield. Not never been a big Mike Wallace fan. I think he's a one trick pony that. Um, that trick is not uh, uh, more of a, 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 a bad trick than a good trick. Um, and he, I think he's a legend in his own mind, to tell you the truth. And uh, would never, ever put him on, on any of my teams in, in fantasy because uh, he's just, he just not all that for me. He's the, too much of a um, boom or bust guy. And more bust than boom. Uh, and I, 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 I don't even though they have the 24th weakest schedule to deal with this year, um, I think it it coincides with the type of team they are that um, they're going to struggle, even though they're the 24th, uh, they have the 24th weakest schedule or the, you know, the 12th 11th weakest schedule. If you go from the bottom up, then the, um, they, uh, are still going to struggle because they, their defense is suspect. Um, at best, and their offense is the same. I don't have high hopes for the Baltimore Ravens
1: at all. Jeff?
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, in terms of fantasy, uh, the Ravens' offense doesn't thrill me. I mean, you know, nothing against Joe Flacco, but he's he's never been a top-tier fantasy quarterback. Uh, I used to think he was a pretty good QB, too, and a lot of the other guys on that offense – you know, are mostly relevant in deeper leagues. Uh, you know, if Woodhead is healthy, you know he's good in a PPR league. I don't think I'd bother with him in non PPR. Um, uh, you know, when when you got three, maybe four running backs in the mix, I I hate that. <laughs>
2: you know,
0: and you know Mike Mike Wallace uh, Jerry's correct is a one trick pony, and that trick doesn't always work because if it, you know, he pulls a hamstring, he's useless, you know, I mean, most guys are, but he's, he's really useless. Um, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, the thing is, and this is why you got to pay attention. Somebody could emerge somebody, you know, through just impressing the coaches in camp or through injuries to other guys, uh, that's why you know you got to keep an eye on it. Somebody, you know, c- could emerge, and you know that if you could get, you know, a a a real sleeper late in the draft, that is just incredibly valuable to your fantasy team. All
1: right. And Danny Woodhead does have a little value, but you know I I don't think Danny Woodhead is the listen. That just tells you you're going to throw to throw, throw. There's going to be a lot of screens.
3: And
1: it's he's like coming, coming off an of ACL. The, yeah, and coming off of ACL. So one year removed, he's, I don't think he's anywhere near the caliber of uh, Jamal Charles or anybody like that that had that type of injury and come back and play the way they played. I mean, the guys a good player. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's that good of a player. Uh, but let's go over the schedule real quick, and we'll give our predictions uh, at the end. They opened up the season at Cincinnati. Uh, then they, they host Cleveland at Jacksonville in London. I'm telling you, Jacksonville is going to become the London expansion team. Um, then they host Pittsburgh at Oakland, Chicago at Minnesota, uh, Thursday night for Miami at Tennessee. Then week 10 they have a box. Okay? Week 10 they have a box. Then week 11 at Green Bay, home for Houston Monday night, home for Detroit at Pittsburgh at Cleveland, um, home for Indy and home for Tennessee. That last half after the bye week, that is a murderous row, in my opinion. I don't think... Cleveland might even upset them on week 15, December 17th. I honestly think Cleveland might beat them in that week. And they could finish the season 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, uh, with seven straight losses. I really think so. But, I'm not going to predict that. I'm going to say... Um. Wow, that's only six. They're probably going to go maybe eight, eight, seven, and nine. I really think so. Eight and eight, seven and nine. Uh, what you got, JT?
3: Same. I I, I can't disagree. There's n- there's nothing that, that I see that can can push me to, for him to get any more wins than eight and um, it easily could go the other way. So I'm going right with what you're saying, 8, and 8, 7, and 9. That's exactly what I was thinking before you even put it out there, 8, and 8, 7, and
0: 9. Jeffrey. Oh, Not Jeffrey, uh, it's Jeff. Yeah. I'm uh, sorry. You yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, it, you see, because my legal name's Jeff, and Jerry's legal name is Jerry, so we have that in common.
3: Exactly. Uh,
0: yeah, you so know what? we we, bo- so we bond over that. So, um, uh, you know, I'm not good at picking number of wins. Uh, I I mean this looks like the Ravens are middle of the pack, maybe a little below the pack. You know, seven and nine, maybe. Uh, I'll tell you though, with with the strength of schedule, occasionally teams get lucky because it's not just who you play, it's when you play them exactly and, and and once in a while it doesn't have you can't rely on it but you know when key guys are out and then you're pay, playing them you catch a break and and this is something that's increased in recent years and i hate it that sometimes i don't know i i hate this it, it, divisional games sometimes there'll be two teams there'll be a team playing the opponent like twice in like two or three weeks mm-hmm. and i think it was like a couple years ago Giants played the Redskins like I think twice in three weeks and I'm just just as a fan I'm like we just played those guys and and one of the many things I don't like about it is the whole timing thing because if a key player's out the, the opposing team can miss out on that twice so I think you know let's say there should be some kind of rule for you know divisional games which are very important of course you know let's say you play them once in the first half of the season, once in the second half, and always at least four weeks in between. I mean, that, that's a common sense thing to me.
2: Hey, let, me,
3: let, me right. just throw this, let me just throw this little tidbit out there uh, to give it to you. Of the ten easiest schedules in 2016, seven teams made the playoffs. Patriots, Seahawks, Dolphins, Cowboys, Lions, Falcons, and Giants. Another finished with a winning record of nine and seven, which was the Titans, and the others, Bills and Cardinals, won seven games. So, strength of schedule does make a difference. It doesn't ensure that you're going to get in the playoffs, but it helps to um, give you a leg up. That 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 another leg up in getting in the playoffs. I don't think this is pertains to Baltimore, but I just had to put that put that out there.
1: Okay. Um, well, let's move on to a team that I think will actually be close in the uh, the record department to Baltimore. That's the Cleveland Browns. Hit me off with some lemonade or uh, what else we got there? Uh,
3: just just go ahead, man. I'll get you. Just go ahead.
1: <laughs> That's my partner in crime. Here we go. All All right, right, we go. Here we go.
3: I got something for you.
1: Okay, Maria, Maria. I love you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the Cleveland Browns, an NFL team inside of fields. He's asking questions through Avalon Magazine. Is Isaiah Crowell clearly ahead of Duke Johnson on the running back depth chart? Can Colwell get enough touches to be an RB2 this season? Colwell is clearly the lead back, and with the team's uncertain quarterback situation and offensive line upgrades, He's in line for the most productive season of his career. Crowell flashed speed and confidence during the 2016 season, and had the Browns focus more on running the ball, or been uh, closer in more games. He might have been a 1,500-yard back. This year, the plan is to feed him the ball and let him work behind a healthy and beefed-up offensive line. Crowell averaged a career-high 4.8 yards per carry in 2016. The Browns truly believe he can be a top-flight back. Johnson will get touches and catches, catch passes off back there. but Crowell is the Browns back to draft in your fantasy league and could be a sneaky producer. What are your expectations for rookie tight end David uh, uh,
2: Njoku? Njoku.
1: Yeah, I just said Njoku. I said it. The Browns' releasing veteran tight end Gary Barnes, after they drafted Njuku in a strong sign, they plan to keep Njuku busy. Though he's got some learning and growing to do, Njuku is a big target and has enough athletic ability to run after the catch and make defenders miss. He just turned 21 in July and was not a full-time start in college, but the Browns plan to let him lean, learn while playing and figure to throw some screen passes to get him involved. If he starts catching passes down the scene, he could put up big numbers especially late in games if the Browns are trailing and facing prevent defenses. He could be a really productive, yet under the radar, tight end, the target, and a draft. Now, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Um, listen, Crowell, in one of my leagues, actually helped me get to the uh, championship. Ultimately, I didn't win the championship with him as my starting running back, but I do believe he's a good player, um, and then is a very talented tight end. The problem is we can look at you know Terrell pryor done Okay, Corey Coleman, Andrew Hawkins then steps up as their starting uh wide receivers, and Kenny Britt. I, I apologize, Corey Coleman and Kenny Britt step up as their starting uh wide receivers. You know. Um they have a rookie kicker. In Zane Gonzalez, the problem I see with Cleveland—it's not the defense. Because look at what it did in the draft: they were D, N, safety, tight end, quarterback, defensive tackle, quarterback, offensive tackle, defensive tackle, bigger running back. So Miles Garrett has been said to be looking really good, and you couple him with Jabril Peppers. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! I really don't like Miles Garrett by himself. Uh, He reminds me of Courtney Brown, another Cleveland Brown that was drafted ahead of Warren Sapp. Um, But you put him on the same side as a – and you can move Peppers down the block. You can keep Peppers in the back. He's a hybrid. Uh, We call him a jackal. He can play safety or linebacker, just like um, uh, my dude out of Seattle. Um, Can't remember his name. Cam Cameron. So you have to worry about him coming down and blitzing or Miles Garrett. Now, Danny, uh, I can't remember Danny's last name, but the the defensive tackle out of Washington that uh, plays with the Browns got drafted a couple years ago. This is an opportunity for him to step up and become that beast on that defensive line along with Garrett. So defense isn't a problem. You know, Deshaun Kaiser has a great opportunity to take the job from Brock Osweiler. Let's face it. If Osweiler's on that roster by the time preseason starts, he's the starting quarterback. Why? Because they're paying him too much money. Too much money. But I don't think he has what it takes to be the the starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, But you got Cody Kessler as well there, um, who's I guess projected to be the starting quarterback of a sheer talent alone, but money dictates You start Osweiler or you release Now Cleveland Has the 21st toughest Schedule which is rather weak It's not middle of the pack but it's not That tough either Um, But from what I Just said gentlemen let me hear what you got to say Jazz
0: Um, You know uh, You know Isaiah Crowell is a Good example of uh frequently in fantasy uh football it's not just the player's talent, it's the situation. Um, you know, he, he's a good running back, but you know, he he's not Walter Payton, but you know, he's gonna be the guy in Cleveland, so he has twenty four seconds, you know
1: he's gonna get the ball yeah, twenty four yeah. times pretty much a game. Right.
0: Right. So he's he definitely has value. But also you wanna be realistic about that. I mean I wouldn't be thrilled about him as an RB1, you know, too good, you know, flexed, terrific. Um, I also like uh, David Njoku, uh, who's one of many uh, uh, NFL tight ends from the University of Miami, and uh, he's also from uh, North Jersey, from uh, Cedar Grove. Um, looks like an excellent athlete, also seems like uh, a mature, responsible young man, which sometimes it's relevant because some of these rookies get in the doghouse or whatever, and he doesn't seem like uh, that type of young man. You know, it, it's relevant sometimes, you know. Um, uh, now, the thing is, now I, you know, I, I like Njoku a lot. I mean, as, as a player, as a prospect. Um, and somebody, you know, when he's so-called authorities, comes up with this number about, you know, the average, you know, how productive rookie tight ends are and as far as i'm concerned eh, you got to make that discussion to be first round first round rookie tight ends because they're much more likely to become a big part of the offense and uh you know really as a tight end too uh you know i think uh i i'd be very content with that in a lot of drafts depending on where he goes um he's not going super high because a lot, you know, even first-round picks, a lot of rookie tight ends aren't that productive yet. Maybe he's going to bust out in his second year, third year. Hey, one, there's there's good tight ends who didn't break out till their fourth year, like uh, another Jersey guy, uh, Greg Olson. Mm-hmm. Um, it took um, uh, Vernon Davis, I think, four seasons to really uh, become a big-time producer. Uh, and then you know you got guys in Cleveland like Kenny Britt who very quietly got a thousand yards. I think he barely got a thousand yards with the Rams, and it just just goes to show you a thousand yards catches your eye. But basically, I mean, uh, a, a receiver could average sixty something yards per game, and if you play all sixteen games, you could still hit a thousand yards. So, but you know, a guy like Britt is probably good for your fourth wide receiver. And uh, uh, now sometimes, and I read this once, and I it, it, I think it was pretty accurate information, and, it, and when uh, Kevin Smith was running back for the last place, when the Lions were in last place, it was a good article, and it said that running backs on last place teams frequently don't have the greatest production. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, they have good production, but not... Great, you know, because a lot of times they get behind and then they start throwing to the wideouts a lot. And if the guy isn't a great receiver, then forget about it, you know. So that's another reason why you want to have, you know, uh, reasonable expectations for Crowell. All right. Okay.
2: Sure. Well,
3: I've said this, Jeff brought it up already. It's not who you play, it's when you play him. The first six games. That the Cleveland Browns have um, the second game of the season is against the Ravens in Baltimore, followed by a game against the Colts in Indianapolis. So this is this is this is a pretty rough beginning of the season. First game against the Steelers, at the Ravens, at the Colts, home against the Bengals. So, first three, four out of games, they're division rivals. Then they get a break, so to speak, um, against the Jets at home. And then they go on the road against another division rival, another division winner, um, and uh, um, against the Houston Texans. So, like I said, it's not who you play. It's uh, when you play them. And they they have three out of the first six games, tough opponents on the road. Um I like the Cleveland Browns. I think and I really love this coach. You guys know I I really love Hugh Jackson and the way that the, the, this uh organization has finally looked like they come to their senses and trying to build a a a, a solid roster of, of core core players to um be able to compete in this this division. Uh if you look at the schedule, I know it's the twenty-first or whatever it is. Schedule, but if you look at the the, the teams that they play and when they play them, oh my God, it's 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 uh it's going to be a relatively rough season. I don't think that they're, they're going to go as bad as they went last year in the in the loss column. I mean, in the win and loss column, I think they gathered three or four more wins um, because of who they play and when they play them. But I do like the, the, the direction that they're going in, um, and hopefully they straighten out who's going to be their um, uh, starting quarterback and, and and keep to that from start to finish. Uh, I like two players, two players on the team. I like Kenny Britt a little bit, and I I, I really like um, because this is the philosophy of the head coach slash offensive coordinator is uh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson's going to run the football. That's 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 his mantra. Everywhere he's gone, the running back has benefited from that. At least your running back has benefited from that, and I think Isaiah Crowell is going to benefit, benefit that about that. But just like Jeff said, they're probably going to be playing from behind quite a bit, and then they're going to have to put the ball in the air. Um, Isaiah Crowell can catch the ball, but they also have um, um, their uh, – and I forget the guy's name right off the top of my head, who's uh, um, going to be catching the ball, uh, the running back, uh, change of pace Duke back. Johnson? Duke Johnson, Duke yeah. Yeah, Duke Johnson. So, um, But they do like to run the football, and also because of the quarterback situation, uh, that the, the running back's going to be heavily involved in the passing game to, to make safe throws uh, out of the backfield. That's uh, and also, like Jeff said, tight end. I know he's he's a high-profile tight end, and he's highly, highly touted, but tight ends historically don't do well in their first year. So, And, and it's it's a long history. It's not just like a recent three or four history. It's a long history that tight ends do not do well. Um, I think there's only two tight ends in the last 10 to 15 years that have really done anything in their first year. So, um if I'm not mistaken, so I know he's highly touted, yeah. and, and and he may have a competition. There's a couple other tight ends in there that uh, may give give him a uh, um, a run for his money, um, and and I'll go into that later when I talk about tight ends and um, um in my fantasy positions in the coming weeks.
1: All right, still uh, didn't give her a, a a record. Now the one of you did, but it's okay. Um, I'm thinking based upon the fact that they're heavy up top and somewhat weak on the bottom, they're going to be close to 8-8. I really think they'll be close to 8-8 eight eight this year. Because um, the back part of the schedule, I see them knocking off Chicago, uh, actually surprising the Chargers. I think I said that uh, one time. Um, they'll they'll split with, with Cincinnati as well. Um, uh, of course, unless, because both these teams have quarterback problems. Um, but if Oswald is there, he's going to try to put on the show versus Houston. That's going to be a very, very tough game, a very, very good game, in my opinion. Um, don't know if they'll win it or not, but I'm going to give it to him just because uh, I don't believe in Savage. The only way I'll uh, is that Are you serious? Is the are you serious? Own, the are own, you serious? Are you serious?
3: I gave you. Are, three, you three, are you? Three, are you? Three. You know excuse what? I'm about to mute your ass. I can't believe that you no, went that no. way. I cannot excuse, believe excuse you me. went that way.
1: Me. Excuse See, me. This, this, this is my an show, obvious
3: right? bias. My obvious show, bias right? toward the Houston Texans. My show, right? Even my the show, best. Right? Even the best teams
1: my come
3: show, to Houston right? and have a hard, oh, extremely hard time, if not lose. And you're going to say the Cleveland Browns are going to come to Houston
1: and beat Houston? What? Again, again, my show, my prediction. I gave you an opportunity to give yours.
3: i you will mute not. your
1: ass. I'll mute your ass. <laughs> no, you will not. So here we go. You, you don't think so? It, both teams, both teams have quarterback problems. The deal is this: I believe Savage is worse uh, than either Kaiser or Oswald. Oh um, wow! I don't think Wow! Is be able wow! To, uh, I can't. To to
3: Jeff, defend. there's an obvious bias, in it, you, it, and it's coming out of you, his pores. Oh coming out of your pores. No, I, in his, oh, my God. Will you will you be silent?
1: I, I didn't talk during your analysis, did I? Oh, my okay. God. So, again, I believe that is going to have a grudge, and he's going to play out of his mind if he's oh. the starting quarterback uh, in that game. I really think he will. at Houston at that. Um, so, I would give them that win as well. Again, I'm looking probably 7-9. Like you said, Jerry, a vast improvement from last year. Um, but I think it's going to be even bigger than what you said. You said three or four games. I'm giving them maybe uh, four or five games improvement. Um, because that he just
3: You, you, you said 8-8. Eight eight. Didn't they only win one game last year?
1: Listen. I also didn't, they, didn't they only, only win one game last
3: year? Didn't, didn't they only
1: win one game last, year? game last year? So listen, I'm saying that they're going to win four or
3: five games you, this year.
1: Okay, you you saying four or five games? That's great. I didn't question it. I didn't interrupt you, but of course you're not reciprocating. That that's like, okay. When I'm you come out, when you I come understand. out,
3: when you come out like you oh did, it, it's goodness. it's ridiculous.
1: That was there. Listen, you have a bias for your team. I'm giving you an opinion, just like you thought Osweiler was I, I, the man.
3: I don't have any bias, but, I, but okay. I'm, I'm speaking now, the truth. When, when they I come to Houston,
1: a, even the best teams
3: uh, have a hard time winning in Houston. And you're gonna say they're gonna come and beat Houston because I, Savage is worse I than believe, Osweiler and Kaiser. What? I believe. What? I
1: believe. I believe that Houston, and I told you 13 and 3 at best. I already told you that. Uh, I mean, excuse me, 3 and 13. At best, I already told you that. But I believe Cleveland. Wow. I believe Cleveland is going to be a way better team altogether. Again, last year, and I'm not talking about the South, but since you wanted to do that, no, I'm not going to entertain you. You're you're, you're not being entertained because I'm on the North. Wow. Um, Back to uh, the North. Two more teams. So, about to queue up some more music. And we're going to get to the Cincinnati Bengals, who, who I believe are going to have a very, very bad season. But it's going to be better than Cleveland and Absolute Baltimore. power. Corrupt. Absolutely. I guess he's saying because I have absolute power, I'm corrupted. Anyway, let's get some music going as I
2: talk about
1: the Cincinnati Bengals.
2: <laughs>
1: so we're going to go. Go ahead, Crazy. In. Let's go. <laughs> I knew you did this. I knew that's how you were short. Cincinnati <laughs> 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 Bengals perspective brought to you by NFL insider, the uh, Avalon Magazine. Sort out of the backfield between Jeremy Hill, Giov- Giovanni Bernard, and Joe Mixon. Will any of these guys see enough touches to be worthy of starting as a running back one fan? Turn that down. Turn that down. So, here's my thought before I even start reading this. Jeremy Hill might be traded before the season starts. I think Joe Mixon is that good. One of these teams, Giovanni or Joe, is not going to be there because you don't go get Joe Mixon as high as they did with the baggage that he has to have him sitting on the bench. So, Jeremy Hill, for all uh, his warts uh, the last two seasons, showed a knack for pushing the ball into the end zone. In the least, you could see the Bengals keeping him as a goal line back, even if Mixon unseats him as a starter. I don't see that. I see Giovanni Bernard uh, role staying the same as it has been in recent years. He'll be on the field on third downs and passing downs, finding ways to get 10 to 12 touches a game. I can agree with that. Uh, What do you predict for Andy Dalton in
2: 2017?
1: Last year's drop in TD practice can uh, be credited to injury and adjustments with new coordinator Ken Zampiega. Those touchdown numbers look more like an outlier than the new normal for Dalton. He's proven that if you give him his weapons, he will find a way to uh, manipulate defense to be productive. The Bengals did that. John Ross quickly makes him a wizard in the red zone, and Tyler Boyd made strides in in that area as the year went on as well. However, the return of a healthy Tyler Eifert will make the biggest difference. Eifert scored 13 CDs in 2015, all but two in the red zone. Which wide receiver finishes with more fantasy points in 2017, Boyd or Ross? Also, end up with more dynamic uh, as a more dynamic pro. The Bengals didn't use a top 10 pick on him for no reason. Yet, the team doesn't have a great history of easing rookies into the lineup. And they also re signed uh, Brandon LaFell to a two year deal, and that will take away some of the opportunity available. Now, the boy will be the starting slot receiver and should see a jump in production after a quality rookie year. By the end of the season, I think Ross will be averaging more fantasy points per game, but it might take him a while to get it uh, going. Here's what I see. I'm going to be honest with you. A.J. Green, great player. As the article said, Tyler Eifert is the big difference for these teams, or for this team. A healthy Tyler Eifert means you're going to get uh, the middle of the field clogged up. And A.J. Green, one-on-one down the field. Ross has seen to burn and can make things happen. And he's a tall guy, so in the end zone, it's just not Iford going up for jump balls or, or, um, or A.J. Green. The problem here is they're not set on their running back. And I know Giovanni's a change-of-pace guy, but Giovanni, towards the end of the season, he took over. He took over the starting job. And when he did that, that made it really difficult
0: to join uh, the else, Jerry, go ahead. Uh, Jerry, well, it's me. Oh, I thought Jerry. was my Jeff. turn. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> oh. go ahead. No, go ahead, Jerry. He said he said Jerry, go ahead.
3: Oh, he did. Okay. Well, I, I like I like the offensive power of this this team. Um, I think the key, and, and I don't think it's the running game. I think the key to the Cincinnati Bengals, believe it or not, in my opinion especially on the offensive side of the ball if the tight end can stay healthy Tyler Eifert seems like he's always nicked up and always something's going on with him and he can't stay consistent on the field um and Andy Dalton needs that security in the middle of the field to be able to go to his their athletic tight end uh to keep the pressure off of the outside receivers uh John Ross is going John Ross is going to help um he can take take um a short pass in the middle and um, take it to the house because of his sure speed. And I think they're going to try to use him as much as possible to help alleviate the pressure or the coverage on AJ Green, who's their big time wide receiver. Now, they got weapons. D- don't get it twisted. Cincinnati had weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is de- decent enough. And with the fourth weakest schedule, in the um, any uh, uh, NFL this year, uh, I just gave you the statistics about uh, teams with a, a weak schedule, and what that what how often they go to the into the playoffs. And I think Cincinnati could ab- absolutely do that and contend with the Pittsburgh Steelers for the d- division title. Uh, and, and without minimum, at least a wild card bid, uh, if, if Pittsburgh runs away with it. Um, but I do like Cincinnati, and I think they're probably going to be. Ooh. nine and seven, ten, ten, nine and seven, ten and six, somewhere around there.
1: I can agree with you on that. I, I can. Um, I, I think they're going to be upset in a couple games, though, which is going to be a reason why. Even though I think they're going to have a winning record, but I think you know, even though Marvin Lewis has been there forever, and uh, the the uh, the ownership believes in him a little bit. I think this is going to be the cake, dude. I really do. I think it's going to be done for him. Um, Jeff, real quick, your thoughts, real quick. Uh,
0: you know, Jerry's on the money about uh, Tyler Eifert. He, he's like the poor man's gronk, you know. Uh, uh, Mixon uh, is very good, but, you know, uh, you might have to wait till maybe halfway through the season till he becomes the main back. And, you know, it's tough to be patient with that sort of thing, you know. Um uh, you know, maybe the the Bengals should have invested a high pick in a tight end instead of uh, John Ross, which I think some fans or is, is that the name of the the wide receiver they drafted? I yes. mean, uh, it, it, it's tough to bank on a rookie wide receiver, but it does happen, and uh, he'll be seeing a lot of single coverage across from uh, you know AJ Green. So uh, um, you know, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of playmakers in Cincinnati. All
1: right, well, uh, we got about 15 minutes left in the show, and let's move on to the last team. But with the addition of their draft picks, you know, John Ross, Washington, he's 5'11", so he's somewhat of a speed burner. Joe Mixon being the big target. Josh Malone at 6'3", out of Tennessee, who I think is going to steal a little bit of that thunder. Um, There's a chance, man. There's a chance for... Cincinnati do a lot better than what uh, I'm predicting, but I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Moving on. Let's get some music as we go to Pittsburgh.
3: And, and the fact is I will be at that 9-14, that, that September 14th game in Cincinnati when they play my Texans.
1: Here we go. All right, okay. Are you going to be the, the, the good uh... – a good luck charm for your Texans when they lose
2: again. Don't
3: that game. I, I don't I don't know, but I, I I'll be I'll be in attendance to watch the game and and, and that could be a key game uh, looking further down the road um, to, closer toward the end of the season. So this this could be a good a big uh, not big but could be a barometer on where these two teams are at. So
1: okay, well here we go. Cue me up some music and talk about this first field. any day now.
3: Music's on, man.
1: Oh, I couldn't hear you. Give me some Game of Thrones or something. Okay, here we go. Lemonade. All right. All right. All right. Again, this is inside information according to someone in uh, Apollon Sports Magazine. Will the Steelers make a con- uh, conscious effort to cut turn that down a little bit to cut back on leon Bell's workload? Well, a lot of people, and this is part of the end the article, a lot of people think that that's going to happen because they don't want to uh, hurt Le'Veon Bell because he's only played 16 games once, and he's injury-prone. But he's always a top running back. So they might just do that. The Steelers placed a franchise tag on Bell during the offseason. So while they've made a significant investment in him for this season, they have yet to attach themselves to him in the long term. While it might be a stress to believe last season, it's a good bet the Pittsburgh will get the most out of him in his pro so three emerges behind Antonio Brown as the Steelers' number two receiver. Now, Martavius Bryant got a little beat with Sandy Coates. We'll see what happens. But it's no-brainer. If Martavius Bryant uh, can stay on the field, it will be him. If he's not available, the answer just might be Bell if you're in a PPR league. Last season, Bell had six receptions. Or more in seven different games. He's the perfect security blanket for Ben Roethlisberger in a Steelers passing game that could have a wider distribution target in 2017. Can the Steelers defense special teams repeat his performance last season? From last season, Pittsburgh was a somewhat surprising top 15 fantasy defense special team in 2016, even though it finished in the middle of the pack in most statistical categories. Lawrence Timmons is now in Miami. So that's a pretty big void that needs to be filled in the middle. But the Steelers have Ryan Shazier and hope for, a better, for better health from Bud Dupree and early contributions from first-round pick T.J. Watt up front. Cameron Hayward missed more than half of the season, so he could be a difference maker as well. Pittsburgh also had a somewhat favorable schedule in that it faces several teams, Chicago, Houston, Minnesota, and Cleveland twice. With questions on offense Hmm I wouldn't rush to draft the Steelers defense But I certainly could see this unit Finishing among the top 15 Here's the deal Pittsburgh is tied For the 27th strongest schedule Which means it has one of the weakest schedules Um, Pittsburgh is going to win This division anyway It's it's just going to happen Um, The first part of this schedule Is rather weak The last they have maybe, in my opinion, in my opinion, they have maybe four or five tough games on the schedule. Four or five. And, you know, other than that, I don't think it's going to be that tough. T.J. Watt is a very, very good player. He's outside linebacker. He's going to be like a deep, uh, defensive end hybrid for them. Uh Juju Smith, uh, Schuster, wide receiver, Tall guy, six one, two hundred fifteen. so he's going to be fighting for time. They didn't draft him number two in their uh, draft, meaning second round, but their first pick in the second round, for nothing. You know, the kid has, has uh, the ability to be a great um, target for Ben Roethlisberger. Um, here's the thing. Pittsburgh is one... One one play away from going to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. You know, or one play away from not making the playoffs. What I mean by that is Ben Roethlisberger makes one play, they go to the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger's not in the uh, quarterback position, they don't go to the Super Bowl. You saw that last year when Landry Jones came in and had to fill in for Ben Roethlisberger. That team is a totally different team without Ben Roethlisberger. Antonio Brown didn't get the looks he needed, uh, so he didn't make the plays he needed. Um, I'd say this Bryant comes back. And, again, if he can stay on the up and up and on the field, very, very uh, uh, potent tag team there. So Eli Rogers in there, Juju Smith-Schuster, is a rookie, but he has ability too now. Don't forget that. Um, Jesse James. You don't think of the tight end for Pittsburgh as, as a viable threat. You think of him as maybe the blocking guy and check-down guy. At Ben's age and uh, um, being hit, if they can't blow the top off the off the um, defense, he's gonna look for James. He really is. You, you uh, heard me say that? Uh, Latavius Bell received six to seven targets uh, in more than what seven games last year at the receiver position or catching the ball, uh, six receptions or more, I should say, in seven different games. Uh, So it's either going to be Le'Veon or it's going to be James. It's there for you to get. Um, With that being said, I think they're going to go easily, you know, 11 and 5, possibly uh, even 12 and 4, possible.
2: possibly.
1: Their schedule is so weak. Even the the insider said, when you play teams that have questions on offense and questionable offenses like Chicago, Houston, Minnesota, and Cleveland, and you play them twice, that's possibly two, four, six, eight wins. Possibly eight wins. Possibly. I'm not going to give them eight wins out of those four games, but I'll give – excuse me, I'm sorry – Chicago once, Houston once, Minnesota once, and Cleveland twice. So that's, what, five games, five games that you could possibly write down as a win. So, I can see 11 and and 5, 12 and 4. I can easily see that. Uh, Real quick, Jeff and then Jerry.
0: Yeah, the uh, Steelers have a lot of talent on offense and – uh, they got the big play wide receiver back. Uh, Brown is a beast. Uh, Bell is amazing. Uh, ben has some really big games, Not maybe not consistent. He misses a couple games. But the two things that this group has a history of, uh, a fair amount of injuries and suspensions. And, uh, you know, it, it's got to stay in the back of your mind. But uh, that defense, uh, you're right on the money, Vic. That defense is looking like uh, – a pretty good unit right now.
3: This is one of my sleeper defenses in the league this year. Um, I think this team, this defense is going to take a surprising leap. Um, uh, Mike Tomlin, it's going to put a stamp on it because I think he's got the the weapons in place to play the type of defense that he wants to play now. Um, And, quite naturally, with the offensive weapons that they have, which is numerous, too numerous to to um, talk about or have been talked about already. I see this team going, um, I think they top out at 12 wins. I think they bottom out at 10.
1: Okay, so we're all somewhat in agreement around the same area. I think when you look at what's available to the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and if they can get their heads on right, this is going to be one heck of a team with a, uh, a very easy schedule, in my opinion, in my opinion. But uh, they'll win the, the North and uh, represent well in the playoffs. Like I said, they're one player or play away from having a dominant team going to the uh, championship, maybe even the Super Bowl. Um, Quite honestly, I believe it'll come down to them and the Raiders, uh, if Big Ben stays healthy. And again, if David Carr stays healthy, um, the East, we'll talk about them next week. I've got some, some thoughts on that division. Um, and again, I'm not going to pick the, the, the pitchers to win it. I know they're probably gone, but I'm not going you know. to, but, uh, <laughs> There's going to be a change of the guard, and it's coming soon. Oh, wow. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Jerry, you've, you've been difficult today. Why, I don't know, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but thank you all for listening to the program. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of the AFC East as we prepare to move to the NFC. As Jerry said earlier, he's going to break down his office of players in the coming months. I'm going to break down the IDPs. Also, if you're looking for a fantasy football team to join or league to join for a little bit of cash, we can take it from you. You can make it shake your ass watch yourself. Um, just drop a an email. Um, I don't know. Jerry, you filled up your league yet?
3: No, I haven't. J Taylor at uh, three four two at Comcast dot It's J Taylor three four two at Comcast dot net. Drop me a line saying you you're interested in a fantasy league. I'll sh- I'll share the link with you. You can see the settings and tell me if you're uh, willing to join
1: up. All right. Along with my league as well, I have two of them. Um, one on Yahoo, one on uh, ESPN. Yahoo. All money's held. By Yahoo. So if you don't pay, Yahoo automatically kicks you out. And then, hey, it's not my fault. No issues. Yahoo pays everything out as well. Um, I think that's a good thing. It's about the same amount of money we pay for every year, and the payout's about the same as we do every year. So pay up or get the stuff ESPN is going to be held in league safe most likely, unless I find a suitable um, holding company for the money. Um, safe has not done me wrong thus far But We'll see what happens I Gotta fill up, gotta replace a couple owners Some people haven't responded to me Some people haven't You know, done much of anything So I'm looking to uh, repeal and replace That's what I'm looking at Oh here. god <laughs> So if you're down to clown And get beat down Email Jerry, let him know you want the ESPN lead for me Oh yeah. That's Wolverines in the house Or neighborhood streetball uh, Anything you got Jeff Before I let everybody go
0: um, You know uh, I usually uh, do the Thursday night show With Jerry and Thursday was A big day for New York sports fans I guess maybe we could uh, uh, Jerry uh, you probably talked about it Thursday night and I guess next time I'm on the air With you we could talk about it Real big day for New York Sports Fan with uh, Phil Jackson finally uh, being dismissed from the New York
1: Knicks. Oh, Here we, we go. Did you, what did me. you say, Jeff? About what did you say?
2: Uh, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We got a big I knew he was going to do it as soon
1: as you said it, Jeff. As soon as you said
2: it. I knew it was coming.
0: That's what had he did to. Thursday,
1: Jeff. That's what he did Thursday. Uh,
0: sorry, I had to miss it. Please. Every
1: time, I would refer to him as the coach, I mean, as the general manager, anything but his name.
2: So, anyway,
1: what will you be talking about tomorrow? Uh,
3: tomorrow, uh, I'll be t- tomorrow I'll be talking about um, the moves in the NBA. Um and also talking about and also talking about some uh uh NFL football news. Um relating to fantasy. I'm not going to go into fantasy positions but talking about fantasy in general.
1: Uh, you know what I missed uh I promo we were going to talk about the the moves that happened in NBA. But I mm-hmm. yeah it's good you got it tomorrow morning because uh a couple big moves happened. Uh mm-hmm. people stayed and one person going. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, for me and my guys, I'd like to thank you all for listening to us. i tell you, have a, a good rest of your Saturday. Enjoy that pack fight if you can. If not, catch it on SportsCenter. For me to you, I want to tell you, you've been listening to.
2: Fantasy Sports and Policy. You,
3: you want, want to talk back? back. You in the right place. We'll take a step back, back before
2: I get all up in your face. Hey, I know you got to yeah. live, you know I got mine. <laughs> but there's like 50
3: yeah. other dudes holding on the phone lines.
2: Your voice will be heard, sir. Next caller, please. And, and if I, I don't, don't concur, me. we can agree to disagree. we talking fantasies this box